BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death. A battle that will take them across the heavens. Stop him! A battle that will finally be fought. I want them to get down and draw to me! Across the face. Please! Nobody move! Of Earth. I think I'm gonna need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No! Somebody help me! distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe, live the adventure. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network and to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamey.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Naming. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, friends. Uh- Dan, I don't know how to break this to you, but um, we uh, traded you to the Joe Rogan podcast for cash consideration. So um, you will at least we made have to get off the podcast now. (laughs) At least we made a move. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't just sit in here, sit here and realize, hey, we're good with what we have. If if I'm going to get traded, if if it's cash, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. that's we, we did. We did that over at the game vault. Just decided we were good with where we were at. 
Hey, listen, <laughs> you guys have a solid podcast over there, and uh, you're yeah. strong from top to bottom. They call them, yeah, yeah. We I just understand that I'm the weak link here. Yeah, yeah that's more than we needed a second, a third person. What we needed was cash. Yeah. <laughs> we all need cash. Well, it's a amount to be determined later. I'm assuming. <laughs> did you get Did you get international nope. pool money? Is yep. that what it was? You're gonna you're gonna bring someone over from uh, you know, across the pond, maybe. No, sure. probably a Canadian. That'll be. Oh, uh, oh, now I feel insulted. Anyway, <laughs> um, this week we had kind of trouble figuring out uh, a good movie that would be um, fair to compare to Hobbs and Shaw. I watched a total of three movies this week after finally deciding on the one that we wound up watching. I um, picked this one. This was my idea. It was, yeah. Give, and so that was give it. credit. That was after I watched um, Biker Boys for Hobbs and Shaw. Cause well, it's, that was the original idea. Right. The original right. idea was to do something based off of Fast and the Furious, which was Biker Boys, which just didn't lend itself to be picked apart. It, you know, it, it's not a good movie, but it just was kind of boring. And then we were trying to think of something a little more, maybe talk, more talked about. So I wound up watching... Uh, shitty Netflix, uh, basically lifetime movie called okay. Secret Obsession or something like that, um, which sucked too. And then eventually Dan mentioned that he saw Masters of the Universe on Amazon Prime. So I said, I actually watched this about a couple of weeks ago just to see if it if it fared well for a, an episode. And then I was like, you know what? He mentioned it. I've already watched it once. And so let's do it. So this week is Masters of the Universe. So guys, um, we're all '80s kids. Uh, Masters of the Universe. What is your what's your relationship with it going into this po- this movie podcast? Well, like you said, growing up in the it was the late '80s. I mean, I was born when this movie came out, but uh, I grew up with the He-Man action figures. I watched the cartoon. So I knew a decent amount of it. It wasn't one of my favorites, but I enjoyed it. And I had seen this movie before once. And I just remember it being, I believe you said it best, and it's just kind of noisy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's there. Uh, and I, I just remember Dolph Lundgren being very strange in this movie. And that's all I remember. <laughs> I didn't really he, remember much. He's got like two lines. He doesn't, yeah, he really doesn't. I think what annoyed me the most about this movie is that they just keep calling him He-Man when he's not, I mean, that, that is his name. Yes. That's like his, you know, his superhero alter ego, but his real name is Adam. And they never once refer to him as Adam. He's never Prince Adam in this movie. No, I I think they just kind of wanted to skip all that and get right to, Hey hey, kids, it's He-Man. Everyone knows He-Man. Yeah. But a purist like myself, you know, Dr. Stu's purist <laughs> and Masters of the Universe. I'm just an all-around purist in every movie we watch. Okay. I thought it would be cool to call him Prince I was, Adam. I was I was glad you specified that if they're saying I'm an all-around purist. <laughs> well, Ant can't call me out now. <laughs> he can't call me out on this because I actually do know <laughs> Masters of the Universe. So. Um. Yeah so, yeah, so my history is basically, I had the action figures, uh, I've watched cartoons a little bit, and, and know mainly the stuff I remember from it is the stuff that has come out later as part of, like, uh, 
Twitter memes and stuff like that, you know, with, with Skeletor and, and He-Man and stuff like that. Um, and the, the car commercials for it. Uh, He-Man um, was more like he was part of the action figure collection I've had because my mom or aunt or somebody was like, hey, He-Man's popular here, you know, and just gave it to me for my birthday or Christmas, you know, sort of thing. You know, when I was more, you know, Turtles and Power Rangers and, you know, WWE wrestlers and stuff like that um, at the time. But, yeah, so I knew really before going into this movie, um, you know, I knew He-Man, Skeletor, and um, the the little annoying thing. Um, uh, but, and that was just from them being part of memes on the Internet more than anything. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but my, like, his first thought was noisy. Uh, my first thought watching it was how, like, 80s this movie is. Like, not in, like, out of the, like, if someone made an 80s movie now, how they would think the 80s looked. Mm-hmm. But how, when you actually watch 80s movies, how much this is the 80s in terms of just little things. Um, yeah, I can get into it deeper, just the, you know, aesthetic that it's a, you know, high school band playing at the prom and, you know, the uh, small town strip mall and, you know, the uh, her working at like that fast food drive up place, you know, at the very beginning, Courtney Cox's character. James you know. Oaken being a, a jerk. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. 80s. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was just in subtle ways and little ways. It was, you know, probably a good combination of every 80s movie I could think of um, was om- almost in this movie. And um, it was it was a weird it made me think of what would the, you know, MCU that we know now been like if they decided to do it then, you know, sort of how loud and noisy this was. And then trying to blend it into that teenage aesthetic of of what was popular at the time. So but but it was pretty funny, just just little things like that. And um, and how utterly terrible some of the costumes were. But um, we can get into all that later. Okay. Yeah. Um, I remember having He-Man action figures, but I don't really remember it being a thing for me. I know my sister was into it. She was a little mm-hmm. bit older, so she was probably even closer to the um, age range for it. Like she was into He-Man and She-Ra and all that. I don't remember ever seeing this movie. Um, and I have very minimal recollection of the actual cartoon um so so much so that when i was watching this movie i was like i really feel like this is going completely against what this the original cartoon was all about and sure enough because of budget reasons they decided to um to deviate uh, a great deal from the original cartoon um there is no like present day uh part to uh, the cartoon from what yeah. I was reading. Um, right, it's all set and I was pretty sure that that was, yeah, I was pretty sure that was the case, but I was like, I really, I'm not sure. Maybe um, there was no laser guns and shootouts like that. Um, quite like that. Um, this, this movie I, in 10 or 12 episodes, I'm going to have a hard time separating this movie from star crash. Yeah. I, there was definitely some similarities to star crash. I thought, yeah. yeah, and I, I, I just had an idea of something um, similar that I realized watching through this movie that I never was able to separate as a kid. I realized how many characters from Thundercats I thought were He-Man characters. Okay, and it's so easy. Or not. <laughs> right, it, it's easy to get She-Ra, 
Thundercats. <laughs> Mark was waiting for Chitara to show yeah, up. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thundercats, ho. Yeah, I was probably thinking of like whatever the little was it Snarf or whatever is that is that Thundercats? Yes. I was, yeah, I, so. I think I was wondering why the little thing in this movie didn't look like that thing, and then I think I realized that it, that was because that was Thundercats and not gotcha. He-Man. Mark, Mark was like, oh, I can't wait to see what Chitara looks like <laughs> and that loincloth, that spandex. But, yeah, like, Lino was... is sort of He-Man-ish. Yeah. They actually had a very good uh, death battle episode between Lionel and He-Man. It's, uh, I don't know if anyone who listens has ever heard of that, but go watch that episode. If you do watch it, it's pretty cool. Because even though I knew, or like, I watched those cartoons growing up, I didn't realize, cause yeah, you know, I was a kid. You don't realize the, the actual powers and how in-depth each character goes to. And none of that is explored in this movie, by the way. Yep. Like, a He-Man can run super fast. He's super strong, super durable. And this, he's just kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. Right? He's he Dolph Lundgren. He's just a really big dude. Yeah, he's a sweaty, masculine guy. Yeah, with a mullet. Uh, with a pretty sweet mullet. <laughs> Masters of the Universe for 1987 was directed by Gary Goddard, who only directed this movie. Uh, this is his only feature-length Shot. film that he directed. It has an IMDb score of 5.4, which is a little high. Rotten Tomatoes of 17%. Uh, no, budget. Real quick, I'm sorry. Why do you think it rated so high? Do you think nostalgia? Probably nostalgia. Um, 5.4 is a little high for this, right. if I'm being honest. Uh, budget estimated at $22 million, U.S. gross $17 million. So they may they lost money on this one. Yeah. Oh, so Mark, your, your GIF of P. Diddy just raining money. All right, you said it wrong. Podcast over. It's GIF. <laughs> <laughs> it is GIF. It's not GIF. I don't care what anybody says. It's GIF. I, well, <laughs> you you guys can be over there in your wrongness, and I'll stay over here being correct. <laughs> no, I, I, as the follow-up to your thing was, was they thought it was going to make them a lot of money. Right. That is why they made the movie. Was they thought, oh, it's going to bring in all this money. Look at the toy sales and all that that are happening before this. And then it came out, and they were, nobody went and saw it. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if they had... Uh, Masters of the Universe movie action figures. Yeah. But I can't imagine them selling well. No. But who, who knows? But yeah, this this uh, yeah this movie took a huge huge dump. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, our second canon film that we ever covered. Um, oh, the nice. first one was Invasion USA, nice. and this was the most expensive canon film ever made. That would have been Seven, a cool crossover. Yeah. And the uh, one cool um. Well, at least for me, uh, the uh, uh, credit I saw was uh, the music was by Bill Conti. Who Bill I, Conti, yep, I have got Conti his uh, from Rocky. He's uh, he is the creator of Gonna Fly Now. Yep. As well as music for the right stuff for your eyes only. Uh, he's also credited as the original music for Rocky's one through three, five, Rocky Balboa, Karate what? Kids one through four, Rookie what? of the Year, and several Academy Awards. What was that movie you mentioned? Rocky only is four parts in the beginning. Uh, it goes to Balboa. Yep. There's no. There's, there's no a Rocky movie. Five. There's a Rocky <laughs> Five that we will probably be covering one day. <laughs> oh God, I hope so. Th- oh. This movie actually has a couple of awards to its name too, by the way. Oh yeah. Outstanding achievement in fantasy and horror films, and uh, best costume and best special effects. Yeah. And what? 
Well, it's oh, it was nominated for best costume and best special effects. But any Oscars? No, Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Okay, yeah, you got to preface that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I thought I Um, I thought Fantasy and Horror Films. Oscars don't have that. No. Um, this stars, as mentioned, Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, uh, Frank Langella as Skeletor, Meg Foster, Courtney Cox, and Robert Duncan McNeil. And uh, I will say that I realized that I didn't know how Courtney Cox's first name was spelled until it's popped up Right? Here. Yeah, she's yeah. got two E's in that name. That's yep. stupid. So, would we, Courtney? Courtney, yeah. Courtney? Courtney. Courtney. Come on. <laughs> what, what's going on with you guys? <laughs> pronouncing GIF and Courtney, C O U R T E N E Y. Courtney. But who would ever pronounce their name Courtney? Uh, we're uh, we're just pronouncing it phonetically so you could understand how it's spelled without me having to spell it. Oh dear lord. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I thought an appropriate title for this podcast could be the one where they go to Eternia. <laughs> uh also uh it also has christina pickles as the sorceress which i only mentioned because she would go on to play courtney cox's mom in friends yep there you go i've never i've never watched friends really i think i've seen maybe two episodes yeah that's a nice little tie-in yeah and this movie's not good no if i was a kid getting ready to see masters of the universe i'd be sorely disappointed this feels like Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's very close. I, to me, this movie's harmless. Yeah. I mean, it's bad, but it's also like, eh, you know, it's not terrible. Like in the in the annals of history, it's not going to go down as the worst of the worst. No. It's bad, I, but it's goofy, it's silly, and yeah. it's just it's loud in places. Like maybe yeah. I'm just an old person, or maybe it's just the the constant laser beam sound effects is just got to me at at some point where i'm just like all right i get it even in the, especially in a movie where you know the the source of material that that's completely out of place yeah yeah it, it, i think yeah they definitely they were off on the wrong foot when they decided to go down the route where this magic key is used by it's like music essentially it was like oh man that's so that's so 80s everything's synth yeah. Right, it's oh, it's a synthesizer. Everything is keyboard. It's Japanese. Right. <laughs> it's so they definitely, and I know you said Ant that it was because of budget cuts, but they still made a poor choice, I think. Yeah. Um. Any last things before we end the plot? Uh, no. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready and ready to go. All right. Um. So we'll just go right into it. We start off, we get a little uh, exposition voiceover of Castle Grayskull. Sorceress of Grayskull has kept the realm at rest, but now forces of evil try to rule Castle Grayskull. So, uh, r- real quick, I, even as a kid, I never understood what the appeal of Castle Grayskull was. It's, I mean, it's, it's got a it's cool kind of a dumb. front. Right. And in the cartoon, that's where Prince Adam is. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not Skeletor, it's Prince Adam. So... Like, you wouldn't think He-Man would live in a castle called Castle Grayskull. You would think Skeletor would live in Castle Grayskull. Right. But it, so it's all backwards. Why? Why do we park in driveways and drive on parkways? One of the great mysteries of life. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, Castle Grayskull is a giant dump. Yeah, it looks terrible. It it looks even worse in the movie. In yeah. the cartoon, it looks 
like kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, so then we get titles and credits with Bill Conti's best John Williams yep. impression, yeah. yep. sounding yep. just like Superman. the Superman theme song. Yep. <laughs> they did their best. Um, yeah. This was also written by David O'Dell, who uh, wrote a couple of things and then all of a sudden just stopped writing somewhere in the 80s. He's still very much alive. And he wrote uh, a couple of things that we've heard of. I forgot. I didn't write it down, but um, it's there. Then he just 1988 was just like, that's it. That's it for his credits. Masters of the Universe was my masterpiece. (laughs) Stop digging, you struck oil. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then we see Castle Grayskull again after the credits, and Skeletor immediately takes Castle Grayskull for herself and takes the sorcerer's prisoner. He claims victory over the people of Eternia, and he says he will destroy anyone who does not bow to him. I, I got to say, the scenes inside Castle Grayskull here have all the energy of a high school play <laughs> when, when they're doing the performances. Sure. Um, it's just, I was just like, oh, this is like sitting in an audience going, oh, they're trying. They're, they're doing what they can. <laughs> one, one thing I've always heard about this movie when someone talks about Masters of the Universe, they always say... But Frank Langella, you know, he he really chews the scenery. It's it's fun to watch him. I hated it. I was so annoyed with his yeah. acting in this. And I think the, from the story I heard, the only reason he took the role was because of his kid. His kid yeah. liked Masters of the Masters of the Universe. But it was to, it was such a bad casting choice. I hated him in this. Okay, Mark, did you have a uh, a feeling towards Frank Langella one way or the other? No, he didn't. Like, I'd heard the same things that, that Dan did about, you know, chewing up scenery, and I was hoping for, like, some Robert Patrick moments from Double Dragon, <laughs> you know, in this movie, and just got none of it. And like I said, anytime he's doing any of his, uh you know, uh, speeches from there, it just felt like, you know, like somebody trying too hard uh, to be great. Like, uh, it's the complete opposite to bringing Star uh, uh, Crash. Um, the... Um, you know, the way uh, Christopher Plummer, when he would have his monologues, mm-hmm. would sort of command attention. It, 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 it didn't really work in this movie for him, and I was slightly disappointed by that. Okay. Uh, then the stormtroopers start rounding up prisoners. And Very much we, so. And we meet He-Man, as well as Tila, Duncan the Man-of-Arms, and Gwildar, a little wizard, who... Uh, is... Supposed to be Orko, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Gwildar brings them into his home to show his invention, which is the cosmic key and can open a doorway to anywhere. Uh, he built one for Skeletor, uh, but Skeletor doesn't know that he has another one. Um, I, I, I don't know if you guys watched with the subtitles on, yep. but I don't think at any point, unless I missed it, that they ever referred to Duncan as Duncan. It's, it's always Man of Arms, or, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure... I don't remember. I feel like He-Man might introduce him to somebody. As Duncan? I don't know if, uh, yeah. I think he either introduces him to Gwildar or to Courtney Cox. Yeah. It's once, though. And yeah. I only know it's Duncan because I looked it up on IMDb. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. Um, so Skeletor's troops find Gwildar's home. They escape through a secret passage underneath Grayskull Keep, which takes them directly to Grayskull Keep. Um, they attempt to rescue the sorceress, and that's when Skeletor shows up. 
um, he realizes that Guldor has another key, and then a laser gun fight in He-Man, of all places, ensues. Uh, Guldor eventually turns on the key, and the four of them jump through the, uh, the cosmic doorway, and they grapple hook the key through the door after they drop it. I, I did notice, and this is something that bothered me, He-Man uses a laser gun or a laser rifle through the majority of this film. Mm-hmm. He, he, uses the, he uses the sword a good amount of times, but I don't believe ever in the cartoon he uses a, a gun of any type. I think it's just the, the power sword. Yeah. I don't know what they were... I don't know why oh. they, de- they deviate so far from the source material in this movie. It's, yeah. it's like, why you- bother? You have a weapon called the power sword, which is right. like an all-powerful weapon, and then you're just using layman's laser guns. Right. It's a cheap knockoff of Star Wars. Yeah. And, and they didn't have the sword extend, right? Because in the in the cartoon, it's like a like almost like a dagger at first, and then when he he yells, "Yeah, I got, I have the power," and it boom, it you know it's a, it's a grower, not a shower. Right. And they, they don't do that. I was a little. Everything about this movie just kind of left my inner child disappointed. <laughs> uh, so they go through the door. They crash land on what eventually we find out is Earth. They lose the key and they have to go split up and find it. Uh, they come across a cow, which is the first thing, the first animal that they come across. Beautiful uh, creature. Absolutely beautiful creature, guys. Yeah. It's an adorable cow. It is. And this this leads me to one of my favorite characters in the movie. Are you talking about Tila? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you want to tell people why, Anthony? Uh, because uh, eventually we come across Robbie's uh, barbecue joint, and Julie is a waitress who is moving to New Jersey. For whatever reason, she's moving to New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Taxes weren't to, as to, high yet, I guess. To be in a Bruce Springsteen video. Right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Which might be earlier than messages of the universe but yeah she was really young in that that video yeah she had that nice crew cut (laughs) (laughs) uh she's breaking up with her boyfriend uh, and moving away because her parents died in a uh in a plane crash we find out later Uh, and she wants to start fresh this part is great when they're at the they're at the uh, grave site of her parents and she reveals that she she blames herself because she said she was going to study when she was really hanging out with uh, Robbie, is it? No, Kevin. Kevin Robbie is the name of the chicken joint. Right. So she said she was studying, but instead she was hanging out with Kevin. So way to make Kevin feel like a jerk, first <laughs> of all. It's not his fault. <laughs> that was on you, lady, all right? Yeah. Um, then we meet Kevin, Julie's boyfriend. Um, he's a musician, seems like a nice enough guy. And they decided the last night together that they're going to go see Julie's parents at the cemetery. Uh, so they leave, um, Gwildar steals some chicken and ribs from Robbie's chicken shack uh, with man at arms and Tila. And, uh, Tila takes a bite of some ribs, likes it at first, and then is grossed out by the fact that it was originally an animal. Rightfully so, Tila. Rightfully so. <laughs> and uh, she calls so us turn- all barbarians, right? I, I I think the master at arms has, or man at arms, or whatever he's called, um, has the right idea when he goes. You don't don't think when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Right. Who is actually her father? Yes. Yeah, I think she calls him dad, right? Yeah. Yeah, a couple times. I don't know if that's how it is in the in the cartoon. It might be. I gotta double check. But continue. I'll I'll take a look. 
So they go to the cemetery, and then, as as Dan pointed out, she blames herself for her parents' deaths. Um, they die in the plane crash, and were they not supposed to go in the plane if she was going to go with them? Was that the, the situation? Yeah, they were going to go to the beach, I think. They were supposed yeah. to spend it. What? And what a weird turn of events of a day, right? <laughs> like, like, oh, we're, we should all go to the beach. No, all right, well, we're going to take a plane trip then. That's not something you really do on spur of the moment, do you? <laughs> right. No. right? I, th- I feel like you need to plan that out a little bit more. Yeah. Than- like beach or plane ride. Right. I, this this was the 80s, so I don't know if things were more relaxed back then, where you could just hop a flight to you know New York on a day's notice and it'd be whatever. But usually, you, those two options aren't in the same on the same day: beach or flight. It's yeah. usually one or the other. And uh, Tila is the adopted daughter of Man at Arms, so that is gotcha. correct. They they did something that was canon. There you so go. Good good for you, movie. um they eventually they find the key and kevin mansplains to julie incorrectly that it's uh, some sort of japanese synthesizer Uh, that's not fair (laughs) it's absolutely fair they they both don't know he just makes up bullshit he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about he's a musician yeah and he just makes up oh it's one of those fancy new japanese synthesizers it's not well, essentially, it is a musical instrument, thanks yeah, to no. this stupid movie. But it ain't Japanese. It's not Japanese. Synthesizer. But it was... A, it was explains to her. I, that's shaky. Shaky at best. But I'll, I don't I'll, think I'll so. I think it. you I'll just don't understand it. what that mansplain means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly what mansplaining Dictionary. is. Dictionary.com has this seen as an example example <laughs> when when kevin talks about the japanese synthesizer and masters of the universe it's right there super, go to dictionary.com super specific yeah there's I mean, gotta be weird. better examples i'm not gonna say it's not weird <laughs> so uh a castle gray skull skeletor's team is trying to track the key because uh you know it could be anywhere in the universe but they can track it once it's been used um because kevin starts playing around with it uh, they are able to track it, so he sends a mercenary team to find the key. Uh, we go to Kevin's sound check, which apparently is the prom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he plays the the key some more. Uh, Skeletor's team is able to pinpoint the location to the school. So he sends some mercenaries by the name of Blade, Sorod, Beastman, and Karg. Karg has the greatest head of hair. In the history of mercenaries, it was like a Barry Manilow impersonator. <laughs> it was, uh, it's like a helmet full of hair. <laughs> of hair. It's right. it's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Essentially, right. what it is. Are, are are these guys like part of Masters of the Universe fiction? They, like they are. Yes. Okay. Just because uh, the way they introduced them made it seem like hey, you're supposed to go, yeah, that guy. Well, I when you're watching it in theaters. Definitely Beastman, because I had that action figure. Uh, I think Saurad is as well. I'm not sure about Karg. I gotta double check that. But I, I know Beastman and Saurad are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do believe those guys are all evil. <laughs> yeah. Evil. So Kevin goes off. He uh, goes to a guy named Charlie who owns a music shop. Tries to figure out what kind of uh, instrument he's got. Uh, meanwhile, the mercenaries show up at the prom. And they beat the shit out of a guy named Carl. <laughs> the janitor. <laughs> yeah. oh, He's wearing a just... Letterman's jacket, you, though. You kids, you kids can't be in here. 
They wail on that poor guy. <laughs> they just destroy him. He goes out on a stretcher. Yeah, it was bad. But he's wearing but a Letterman's cool. jacket, so that's weird for a janitor. I wasn't sure if it was the gym teacher or, like, just some other douche. Probably closer to a gym teacher, I would imagine, with the Letterman's jacket. Still yeah. living still living the dream. Yeah. So they, they all are part, to answer uh, Mark's question, they all are in the Masters of the Universe cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like one of those like introductions. Yeah. Where you're I, supposed to get excited. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the empty movie theaters weren't all that impressed <laughs> yeah. either. The one guy in the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh card. My, oh my God, Blade! I didn't think they would. <laughs> I thought they were gonna do it. I didn't think they would really, but they did. Well, you got you you make fun, but that's all you do through the Marvel movies. <laughs> which is my which is my point earlier. Like well, watching this was like, what if those movies were made in 1987? Now hold on, <laughs> just a moment with that. I take umbrage with with that statement. All right. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Y- no. <laughs> but this is far more acceptable. All right. This is mainstream stuff. All right. I this that was my life. All right. So, I, yeah, I guess what you're saying is if Masters of the Universe were someone's life, they would be excited to see Sarod. And... Yeah. All right. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. The mercenaries, uh, uh, they chase chase Julie through the through the school. She throws ammonia in Beastman's face and runs off. And the school is set on fire. Uh, Julie, while she's trying to get away, runs into He-Man. They hide, and He-Man takes out the mercenaries one by one. Eventually, Blade and He-Man sword fight. Um, there's a backstory, because uh, Blade says, I've been waiting for this moment a long time. Uh, backstory is that He-Man is the one that took Blade's eye in a previous fight. Um, they yeah, fight there's some... a lot of that in this movie. Like It's uh, it's hinted at there's such a long-standing feud between yeah. He-Man and these people, but you know we don't really know that other than just, yeah, you know, let this be it's it's always been between you and me well if you don't know the, the he-man masters of the masters of the universe story yeah you're not going to pick up on that it, it just kind of seems like he-man's a regular guy in eternia and then that's it mm-hmm. yeah it's um i get i they do sort of set it up that way that like you this is kind of an extension of the tv show to the point sort where of. like it starts off and there i guess there's just Pre, there's pre you, you should have preconception of wh- who all these characters are and tying it back to your marvel reference it's how the new iteration of spider-man there's no mention of ben parker his uncle really mm-hmm. because i guess it's just well you know that his uncle is murdered so you don't need to show that so maybe that that's along the same vein mm-hmm. but i don't know for, for maybe a parent who doesn't really watch the show they yeah. might be like well okay who is this guy how do they know each other or they might just be like i just want this movie to end and go home with my kid it could be either way yeah um they fight some laser battles eventually mercenaries run off meanwhile i i I do like how quickly uh courtney cox's character decides to jump into the fray oh yeah and trust he-man he-man so quickly Like, oh, you're a half-naked man. I got you. I understand. And she's a crack shot with that laser gun. Yeah. She's pretty good. And the, the stormtroopers, we're, we're going to call them stormtroopers, right? 
Yep. They have so many chances in this movie to nail our heroes. They, mm-hmm. they have him in the narrowest of hallways, and they still can't hit them. It's <laughs> mind-boggling. Even the stormtroopers would be like, you guys are like, the actual stormtroopers. Yeah. They'd be like, what is wrong with you people? They're yeah. right there. They're in front of you. <laughs> so Kevin's at the guitar shop. He hears over the police scanner that the school's on fire. By the so way, that police uh, scanner is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the size of like a uh, telephone pole. Two-handed. Police <laughs> <laughs> scanner. So he heads over to the school and meets up with uh, Mr. Strickland from Back to the Future, who plays a cop in this movie. Immediately blames yeah. immediately blames Kevin for the fire and. Uh, Puts him in into his car and they're gonna go try and find his girlfriend at her house. I think that might have been when he showed up. I think it might have been the only moment in the movie where I heard that was, oh shit, that guy's in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, his character really doesn't fit in this movie. No, he's basically the, he's playing his principal character from Back to the Future. But why have him? Right? He doesn't. Yeah. He's just kind of like a hindrance. Yeah. For for he, no reason. He does not have a point to the plot. Nope. And he's always super slow on the uptake. Yeah, and I I wonder if it's to Mark's credit, they just put him in there because he was in Back to the Future and he's a recognizable face. Yeah, I don't know. Is he well, that recognizable? I I mean we we knew who he was, but that's because it's you know many, many years after seven where people yeah. are remembering who that guy was. I don't know. Um, so he man eventually introduces Julie to Tila and Man at Arms. Guldar shows up in a Cadillac. Um, mercenaries return to Skeletor without the key. He is not pleased, and he immediately kills Sorod. And he says, "R.I.P. Sorod." Yeah, R.I.P. He then he sends them back with Evelyn or Evelyn, Evelyn. Evelyn. Yep. with them to return to Earth um, in order to finish the job. Strickland and Kevin go to Julie's house. What did you say? I would say which is really what they should have done to begin with. Yeah, you just you you have countless men at your disposal just send in a force you know send in a bunch of guys yeah. there's four of them it's actually three and a you know a dwarf just yeah send in all your guys You're, you'll overpower them yep. skeletor's a terrible tactician really <laughs> he just wants the power he doesn't want the dwarf he wants doesn't want to put the legwork in <laughs> can we also do real quick i really wish they had kept skeletor's voice some, ah. Somewhat, yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, He-Man. No, I wish they would have kept that. And like Frank Langella is, he actually has that a, a, a much deeper voice. Obviously, it's not cartoonish in any way, but it just it takes away from the character. Yeah, he's just generic bad guy. Yeah, it's and the the makeup's terrible. It's just so dis- the, the more I talk about it, it's just like you know, like my posture is slumping over now. <laughs> you know that's what this movie is it's just meh. if if i could describe it in a, a, a yeah, in a, what is that an onomatopoeia or a, yeah yeah meh. that's meh. uh okay so strickland and kevin go to julie's house julie immediately calls and tells kevin to wait there and make sure he doesn't lose the key strickland starts playing around with the key and that allows evil lynn to find the signal of the key and then Strickland leaves, and he's going to go back to Charlie's. A lot of this movie is repetition. It's like yeah. the the mercenaries come to Earth, then they leave Earth, then they come back to Earth. And then Kevin goes to Charlie's place, 
then he leaves Charlie's place, and then Strickland goes to Charlie's place. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's it's such a boring setting. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, it's because they built the set. Yes. And they needed to get all all the money's worth out of it. I guess, right? It'd be similar to having, you know, you you have this epic space adventure, and you just decide to put it in, you know, suburbia, New Jersey, or wherever. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's not fun. There's no good set pieces here. It's nope. You have that's a nice house, I guess, but yeah. I, I, I love how, you know, with the budget is movie that they weren't able to do more with all the obvious product placement in this movie. Yeah, I saw they, Burger King. There's I a, didn't even notice that. Yeah, when she's uh when she goes behind the stage there's cases of Pepsi. Oh back there. Good eye. I didn't um, notice that. And then some of the stores you know, there's an H&R Block and, you know, stuff like that in the background. There's even something that made me, um, being a dumb NHL fan that I am, there was a pharmacy, Rexall, which um, is the namesake of one of the arenas for the Canadian team. So I was like, was this filmed in Canada? And oh. then I looked, at, I looked at it and it was like, a, it's a chain that's like basically West Coast, mm. you know, it, Canada and America. It was filmed in uh, California. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but I saw that. I was like, huh. I was like, I could have sworn this looks like a like a studio set in, in like California. But yeah. that 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 is a very like recognizable Canadian thing just from watching hockey. And it was just, I it's just amazing that. Um, and also the I may have missed it, and I will not watch it again to see if I did. But there has to there had to be a flash by. It's the 80s, so there has to be a flash by of a Radio Shack at some point. But I don't, I don't think so, but it was that time in the 80s when, you know... Radio Shack yeah. ruled with an iron I, fist. Yeah, I mean, everybody's watched Short Circuit, too, so... Oh, yeah. It's a classic. Uh, Strickland... Uh, so, okay, where was I? Uh, Strickland leaves, taking the key as evidence at Charlie's. Uh, mercenaries storm the house, and Beastman beats the shit out of Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Lynn shows up and puts a truth-telling collar on Kevin while the mercenaries tear the house apart. Uh, he tells them that the cop walked off with it. He doesn't know where he is, but he just left. They leave, but they don't take the truth-telling collar with him. He-Man and friends show up at the house to find Kevin. Uh, Strickland winds up at Charlie's. He-Man and friends then show up, too. Uh, Evil Lynn, not far behind, plan a full-force attack. Uh, yeah. Pretty boring attack, by the way. Yeah. Just another laser fight. Nothing yeah. really happens. Yeah, the, oh. the the two moments that happen between, you know, him getting attacked and the attack at Charlie's that that made me kind of go, really? Is um when uh, he gets the truth thing taken off him and he freaks out and has the proper reaction to He-Man and friends. But then... Uh, as soon as he picks up the chair to swing at him, they shoot the chair with a laser beam. Mm-hmm. Right, that and wouldn't tell me that you're a good guy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, huh, that went okay. I, yeah, I, it would be better if, like, he swings the chair and he hits He-Man and He-Man has, like, no reaction. Right, he yeah, just, it smashes over his, <laughs> you know, rippling physique. It's just like, we and, do not have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> so and just, that, like, picks up Kevin and, like, puts him over his shoulder and just walks out the house. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> and the other one that comes up with Strickland is when he's at Charlie's, he accuses the thing of being Russian. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, the uh, the time key, right? Yeah. He was like, "This is not Russian, is it?" Yeah. Like, oh, 80s. Yeah. A, a, a kid who works at Sam Goody's gonna know 
that this key it's is Russian or not. Russian Russian spy technology. Well, and that goes back to Ant's point. He's a terrible cop. <laughs> you know, he has no clue what he's doing, really, and he asks really dumb questions. Uh, so the mercenaries smash through the store and start opening fire. A uh, boring laser gun fight ensues. Meanwhile, yep. Gwildar tries to take the key, takes the key and starts working to get them back to Grayskull. All of a sudden, Julie's mom shows up out of nowhere. Julie goes out to see where her while Strickland and Kevin fight over the gun. Julie's mom needs the key, so Julie comes back into the store and steals the key and gives it to her mom. But surprise, surprise, wasn't Julie's mom at all. It was evil in the whole time. So really then Julie has a mini freak movie. out. You really I, got me. You fooled me. I like that the I the first part of the fake out I can be very I can see is very believable. I mean, um, you know, no. I haven't lost a, a parent or anything, but it's like, oh yeah, mom, oh, maybe, oh whatever. But then when she goes out and meets her, it's like, why are you here? We were on a very secret mission. At that point, alarm bell should start going off in your head, no she matter who it is. Stupid. Yeah, I, I think alarm stupid. alarm bells should just be going off in your head immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, you don't really see people come back from the dead very often. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's not her parents didn't die over under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Right. That in a goddamn plane crash. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not that they went missing. And then they tried pulling this whole uh, Peter Parker's parents BS. Like, oh, yeah, we were away on secret mission. And like, well, wait yeah. a minute. That's that's literally Peter Parker's parents. Yeah. yeah. Say that three times fast. But um, I bet you could. It's not that hard. But uh, I just I derailed my own thought process. <laughs> oh, Courtney Cox is Star Crash, right? Yeah. She is Star. She does Still nothing. Star. Yeah. She does nothing in this movie of consequence, good or bad, really. And yeah. yeah. And she's <laughs> she's yeah. just there. I feel like through two acts, He-Man is not far behind. He, I mean, he's killed some, you know, goons, but that's it. He, yeah, he hasn't really done. I think Man, Man at Arms and Tila and I guess uh, Gwildor really do the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, He-Man is just—he's He-Man. He's, he's not as heroic as he should be. Right, and he's got that really stupid cape. I, I, I couldn't get over that cape. It, it was so distracting. <laughs> He-Man and... doesn't wear a cape. <laughs> He's got his chest piece that enhances his strength. All right, people? No cape. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Well, I do, all right? And, and I demand that they go back and fix it. Yeah. The, yeah. At no point in this movie did he show you that he was, you know, this powerful leader of people. They just kept telling you he was. Oh, well, well he... the people won't back down because He-Man's still alive. Well, you he, know. he does knock over a uh, pillar in the, in the final act, but... Yeah. He oh, he struggled oh, to do that, it. It's like right. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's like really. This is right, it, it would have been cool to see him take like a, a nameless henchman and just like throw him, like almost like Hulk style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like take him and then yeah, what? show us something early on in that for in first couple fights. And it, they do that that one scream. You know that like Will Wilhelm scream. The, Wil, the Wilhelm scream. Wilhelm scream. But and, why would we show him do something super strong if he could sh- just shoot people with laser guns? That's an excellent point, and I think he, you secretly directed this movie, Ant. Yeah. 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 And uh, and the other thing going through my mind for most of this movie is, and I looked at the IMD B profile because God, this movie was longer than it should have been. Um, Just two hours. Yeah. Uh, was how Courtney Cox was not more of a star in the 80s. 
then you yeah, know what, what was she at this point was she just like an up-and-comer i guess yeah like i guess the she didn't do much in terms of um her big thing would be family tides would have been around this time she was on there for like 19 episodes it says here okay so, yeah so you know everything else like she was you know guest starring mm-hmm. roles and stuff but she was on well a, a series called misfits of science which there's somebody listening out there that grew up in the mid 80s and is like god damn it she was on misfits of science what are you saying not a star in the 80s mark you're missing if it's tuesday it still must be belgium (laughs) and she was in cocoon and that's about it really cocoon the return yeah i mean she was only 23 at the time she was still pretty young you know what i'd accomplished that when i was 23 aunt not a goddamn thing not nothing (laughs) okay it's funny that nothing really comes until Ace Ventura and Friends and stuff yeah. after this movie. All right, so the mercenaries leave. Uh, Strickland tries to take them out with a shotgun. They immediately blow up the Cadillac. Uh, then Evelyn opens the door for Skeletor and his men, and he shows up on a floating parade float. Uh, <laughs> he asks what the status is, and she tells him she has the key, but He-Man has eluded her, and he's pretty disappointed. <laughs> He's just really bummed about it. <laughs> so he sends a couple of guys on hoverboards um, to try and kill He-Man. Super 80s looking too, up. man. Yeah. Flying Centurions. Yeah. Then He-Man starts riding a hoverboard and starts yeah. shooting people. Then he grapple hooks the key out of Evil Lynn's hands. And a hoverboard chase ensues. Then the gang gets held at gunpoint by Skeletor's army as He-Man hoverboards around. Uh, Skeletor set the trap for He-Man. Julie gets hurt in the process, and the, and they accidentally destroy the key. Uh, then He-Man goes ham on some soldiers, but uh, Skeletor eventually takes He-Man back to Eternia as his prisoner, um, and then Strickland shows up with some backup. Yeah. Um, like, this could have been one of the points when he's fighting off all those people on the roof where he punches one, and it, like, goes through and knocks, like, eight of them down. Like... They could have done, but no, it was just a normal, normal fight, normal Doc Lundgren fight on a roof. Yeah, you know, it would have been cool. Like, yeah, it would have been cool to just see him just obliterate some some henchmen, or you know, if yeah. he when he's going one on one with uh, Beast Man, like, that would have been a cool fight to see because yeah. they're they're both really strong characters. But it, right. I don't think they really interact all that much. It's kind of it's just kind of like a weird. Yeah, the the, the mercenaries seem more like weaker henchmen essentially in this than actual powerful characters themselves mm-hmm. in this i think the the writer director whoever misinterpreted those characters that they do come from the cartoon you know they they looked closer to to use a 90s reference you know all, all the goons that rita repulsus would send out that's you know? a good one i i agree you yeah know, especially rather uh... than what they were like you were saying beast man you know is a strong guy that can almost stand toe for toe with he-man but right. you know but it obviously being the hero he'll always overcome but you know they just seemed like sniveling weaklings more than you know uh right they, yeah they were just like low-level henchmen really yeah like almost like monster of the week yeah evelyn it was basically probably the only one that had any kind of you know uh i don't want to use the word power because it's not so much power but you know was i could hold her own you know, sort of in the situation. I, I will say the one thing this movie has going for it, all of the leading ladies in it, minus Christina Pickles, could get it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
So point for, for you movie. Yeah. <laughs> for, first thought that came in my mind when Courtney Cox shows up was just, ah, just like Christopher Plummer, huh? <laughs> Good. Get it. Get it. <laughs> but not as much as Christopher Plummer, right? Is that yeah. is I that mean, where the, the bar is still Christopher Plummer? Yeah. Speaking speaking of this, uh Mary Fuck Kill. Sorod, Beastman, or Karg? Uh, <laughs> Karg's I gotta kill Karg. He is gruesome looking. But but Beastman's very hairy. <laughs> and I don't know if I could live with that. That's why you uh, fuck him. No, 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 no. Is if I replace Sorod because he's dead with Blade? Yeah, to put Blade in there. So <laughs> you, you can't you can't do it with Beastman because then you're gonna be picking hair out of you and uh, yeah, for a long time. So you don't want that. I think I, I think he killed Beastman. Probably too. Right, and he could probably like when he gets really into it, he could probably tear you apart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like safe words, Dan. You need safe words. Well, save all, uh, save all this ape ripping people apart talk for the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll fit right in. I'm bald. I have scruff, and I, I talk about animals. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So Blade, I'm gonna I'm gonna bang Blade, kill Beastman, marry Karg. <laughs> oh, that's, that's that, man. Because I, I don't want I don't want to do it with Karg. It's gross. I'd rather just have that very distant relationship with him. Yeah, you, you, make, you, you make married life seem so appealing there. I'll marry him well, because I don't want to do it with him. Well, well th- thankfully my wife is not a eight foot tall beast or, you know, like I said, a Bram Stoker's Dracula. So I'm okay in that. I, I'm happy with the decision I made. But here, this is... Uh, this is pick your poison, really. Yep. Well, what Mark, about you guys? Mark, do you have any changes to that? Uh, well, no, I'm fucking beast man. I've already said it <laughs> on the record. So, so you, you don't want to go back on that? Nope. Wow. Stick Sticking it. to your guns. Yep. All right. I'm going to isolate that drop right there. <laughs> I'm fucking beast man. <laughs> well, you, you make, it sh- make sure everyone knows the context. It's not Mark saying, you know, I'm fucking beast man. <laughs> I'm doing it with beast man i I'm, want everyone to I, know that i'm fucking comma beast man yes yeah it's not that mark is a beast man although you are in certain ways <laughs> i don't think that comma works either they knew the why like you're telling beast man that you're mind. fucking <laughs> <laughs> i'm fucking beast man it's just, it's just like it's just, it's just like the uh it's like as later. if is that beast man's knocking on your door he's your college roommate I'm right. Beastman, come back! Don't you see the sock on the doorknob? Uh, Beastman, even in the in the cartoon, Beastman was always very <laughs> slow on the uptake. He couldn't pick up on those types of uh, yeah. social cues. Yeah. So you got to give him a little slack, Mark. Yeah. And I, I, know, so you're you're nailing Beastman. Good for you. Yeah. Then I'm. Well, I probably I would probably also marry Card okay. uh, and kill Blade. Kill Blade, the only human-looking person. <laughs> yeah. What is going on here? If we're hey, if we're talking a fantasy world here, man. Now, is this is this simply like oh, this will be a good story, or yeah. this is like legit? You're faced with this. This is how you're doing it. No, 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 I, I, no. I'm doing yeah, yeah. Because think about it with the the fucking beast man part. You know, when you're walking down the street in you know Eternia, 
and Beastman comes across the screen or whatever they do there, you can lean in and go, I fucked him. <laughs> Think about the possibilities, man. <laughs> I, the the listeners at home can't see the face that I made, but it was a look of pure disgust and just questioning our friendship. That's what I go for, Dan. All right, it's well, the fact that I can see you on video, I want to. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm at a loss because I can't see you guys. So you get all of me. And I get nothing from you guys. I, I'm not sure what you're doing over there. For all I know, you could be doing something weird now that you're talking about. You know, getting it on with Beastman. Yeah. Or, or you can't tell if I'm really joking about all this either. You're not. I'm not. Don't yeah. <laughs> don't even try to backpedal on this one, Mark. Oh no, I wouldn't. So or would I? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you would. But so what about you, Ann? Who's uh who's who, who has the uh who's the lucky guy? Oh man, I, no one's fucked Karg yet. No. I guess I gotta fuck Karg. <laughs> Well, you go here. I, I need that drop too, Ant. <laughs> I guess I got a fuck card. I'm marrying. Am I, anyone marry Beastman? No. I'm marrying Beastman and I'm killing Blade. Well, you, yeah. Is, now is that what your 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 heart is telling you? Yeah, I mean, Karg's got a beautiful head of hair. I he fuck, does. Uh, that's something to grab onto. <laughs> I feel like. What if it was a wig? Whoa, that'd be terrible. Right? Like you're, you're, you're getting it from behind, and then all of a sudden you like you, you pull it, and then it just whoop, and then it's just like strands of scraggly hair, and then you just have like a weird toad-looking guy. Yeah. There's only one way to find out. I guess. <laughs> well, I think I, I have a feeling that guy's dead. I don't know why. Robert Towers. Hold on. <laughs> no, he's still alive. Oh well, he's. Probably gonna he, die. Right, yeah, I just put the the uh, the kibosh on him. So uh, Robert Towers, you will be missed. Uh, thank you for your portrayal as Karg, and uh, you know, good luck wherever you go. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get back to the uh, the movie at hand. I try and pick up the pace a little bit after that detour. Um, so where were we? Uh, you could just fast forward to the end if you want. Yeah, so they go back to yeah, boring stuff happens. They eventually rebuild the key. Kevin's got perfect pitch, so he's able to remember the melody. Um, yes, he calls himself a high school band keyboardist, and there's a million of us. Yeah. And then the powerful message of there's only one of you, Kevin. Yeah. There's only one of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Skeletor is back to Grayskull Keep. Sorceress is almost out of power. Um, she she drops a great line that I want to say. Uh, she drops one that's to, to uh, Skeletor. She says, because he's talking about how it's his destiny to uh, rule Eternia. And she says, men who crave power look over the mistakes of their lives, pile them all together, and call it destiny. I thought that was a pretty badass line. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a... Because she's, she's near death, so it's one of those final... Like that really hits home, and it's it's a good line. I'll give I'll give her that. Yeah. I had to I had to look it up to see if it was from something else. I couldn't find any other. Uh... It was really just from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I, I uh, from what I could tell through a brief brief search, like the first thing that comes up is just that, and I didn't wow. see. Wow. Well, Christina Pickles, nice, good for you, lady. Yeah, 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 and. You know, maybe my brain is broken, but the entire time he's doing like the monologue stuff up here, um, I 
was just thinking of late 80s Nick Cage doing this. Okay. I think mid 90s. I think mid 90s would have been better. Yeah. Just sort of, you know, this is where the scenery should have been chewed up. Mm-hmm. And it just it just falls flat. So so essentially, we, we kind of skimmed over something where, or and maybe you you mentioned it, but so Skeletor has the sorceress of Castle Grayskull, and she's feeding, he's feeding off her power, and they have until the moonrise of that yeah, night. The, mo- the moon reaches the apex. Right. It's apex. It's zenith. Oh. Yeah. Or whatever. Same thing. And then the great eye opens up. And you know what I thought of the entire time. I mean, come on, the great eye. You know. Sora. No, I mean, you know. Oh, the vagina. Yep. There you go. <laughs> just the great eye opens, and all that power comes in with you. You know, that's it's the, the power. But um, yeah. So essentially, he's feeding off of her, and then once that the great eye opens, he will become. The master of the universe, essentially, right? Yeah. So th- there's kind of a race against time aspect that we sort of glossed over. It's not; it really doesn't matter. No. Well, if they yeah. used any unit of time that we could measure, right. we could tell. <laughs> yeah, that is one thing. There is a ticking <laughs> clock in this movie, but the ticking clock is based on eternia time. Right. So they like, well, I don't even remember what they call them, like chroma, the chrosoms, or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. It's it, it every, or metrons i think it's every like metrons. unit every unit of measurement in this galaxy is just flip flab you yeah. just call it that yeah. oh you have until zork o'clock to, <laughs> exactly. to get back and it'll it'll be the same there's no difference yeah the this the man in arms is like it's going to be 0.8 me- metrons before the moon reaches its its apex I'm like right. okay well it's going to happen in the third act Right. <laughs> in order to get back to our universe we have to go for 20 zigzorgs well, yeah, all right, well good for you i guess why couldn't you just say 20 light years that's something that we all know yeah. it's something that's measurable something that's real yeah. but anyway did, did they mention a parsec in here or did i am i imagining that you're i think you're okay. imagining I think you're okay. hoping, yeah. you're really hoping for something <laughs> cool to happen in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the moon reaches its apex, the great eye opens for Skeletor to be master of the universe, starts to be filled with power, gets some fancy new duds, and demands <laughs> He-Man to, to kneel. Now He gets, a, he gets like a samurai yeah. helmet. I felt like this was like the moment in Double Dragon, where he finally gets both right. dragon medallions, and it's like it's like so anticlimactic of the amount of power he has. Right like now, he could sh- in this he can now shoot like lightning out of his hands. That's yeah. about what he can do. But That's he was able to that. do that before. It just changed colors. Yeah. Right. He zaps Courtney Cox in the leg with purple lasers, mm-hmm. and then once he gets all the power, it turns into yellow. Yeah. So it just gave him a different color. Yeah, because He-Man could still withstand it. Because the the right. turn at it is he does that. And then uh, everyone everyone shows up in Castle Grayskull from Earth. And then a laser fight ensues. He-Man breaks the chains with the help of Skeletor's like lightning bolts. And yeah. then he sw- he beats up some people. Um, Dolph Lundgren does a few swings and misses, uh, <laughs> really selling those punches. Uh, more and more laser guns. Eventually, uh, He-Man is able to withstand some electric bolts from Skeletor and is able to take back the power sword. 
Um, they fight. Uh, eventually, He-Man breaks Skeletor's staff and turns him back into regular old Skeletor. Um, while he, he's got one last shot, he takes a sword shot at He-Man, who almost drops the power sword down the shaft that the Emperor fell down in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yep. Exactly what I thought, too. They do a little bit more fighting, and then He-Man knocks Skeletor down the same shaft. And then that's... The Sorcerer is saved, and Strickland, who does nothing, and it winds up that he wants to stay in Eternia because he found this random-ass concubine <laughs> that I guess she come was... From? Who, by the way, um, and it's Could twice also get in this it. movie... Is that yeah, one hundred percent. Is that he leans in to do something and she's assuming kiss because she like starts bending down towards him and then he turns around to deliver a line, you know, instead of. So I guess maybe it was just uh, they're free free balling it a little bit and. Yeah. Maybe. Man, yeah. yeah, yeah. One scene, he's he's dressed in his regular street clothes. At the end, he's dressed as a Roman emperor yeah. with. Some random chick on his his knee. Yeah. yeah. Like, where where did did I miss something here? Yeah. She's never <laughs> she is nobody. She's right. never introduced. No, yeah, and she's never shown in the palace. Like, Why would I go back to Earth? I've got I've I've got all I could ever want here. He, he this, goes, I have that. a castle. Oh, slowly roll, Strickland. <laughs> this isn't yeah. your castle, buddy. All right. You, you see the big, tall, half naked man there? Yeah. I think it's his castle. Yeah. At the very least. It's the sorceresses, <laughs> right. and then it's He-Man's. Right, then... I mean, she is labeled as, she's credited as Sorceress of Grayskull. Yeah. So I'm assuming she at least has a, she's like subletting or something. Yeah. And then he's just yeah. like, I got this random concubine that I guess was was unowned, so it's mine now. <laughs> it's mine now. That's how it works in Eternia. Slavery's still around. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was one thing I forgot to mention when we were, when they were on the roof, when he was, um, when they were capturing He-Man. Uh, there's a guy that trips and falls um, oh, into good. He-Man, um, and they kept that they kept that scene in there probably because they other cuts were probably worse. But they do. Well, they a didn't thing, notice. They didn't notice, and it it has a weird cut. Again, not going back to confirm. Um, that's all. They said they cut from that to like a Skeletor like smiling, and it looks like it might be from like the same shot where maybe uh, you know he real he saw it happen and start broke character. A little bit. It was like a weird cut there. Um, but yeah, it felt like one of those movies where it was like, oh, we got three in the can. We'll just use the best one when we go back to editing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and everything else went right in that scene except for that guy falling. It was like, well, fuck. Yeah, this is yeah. this is what we have. Uh, Roll with it. Roll with it. So they say their goodbyes. And Julie and Kevin are transported back to Earth. They uh, Julie wakes up in her bed. And she realizes that uh, she, her parents are alive. They've gone back into the past slightly. When we find out the cosmic key is also a time machine, apparently. Yeah. It's a tesseract, essentially. I think they even say they, the word they tesseract. The, one of the components of the uh, the rebuilt cosmic key is some sort of tesseract. And there you go. That uh, Tila had on her arm the whole time. So you hear it, you heard it here first. There is no MCU without Masters of the Universe. Yep, that's right. Masters of the MCU. There, there you go. Um, so Julie's parents are alive again, and it's all thanks to the Cosmic Key. Blah blah blah. And that's the end of the movie. We get credits, and then an after-credits scene. Uh, the best one ever. Yes, uh, where Skeletor is it pops his head out of a a red puddle pool 
and just says, I'll be back. And freeze frame. Freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a terrible. I, see, I didn't know if there was one. So, but I, I fast forwarded just in case. And I saw it and was just like, man, I would have been so mad if I sat through the credits for that. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, if Marvel had done that? Like, it was just, you know, I, after Iron Man, he just kind of walks in and looks at the camera and says, I'll be back. I'm like, oh, well, MCU's dead. See you later. I think it would be pretty good if if they if they did an homage to Masters of the Universe and had like Red Skull do it. I didn't. I don't. Just pop up <laughs> out of the out of uh, Captain Amer- in Captain America at the end. So <laughs> hop his head out of the Arctic water. I'll be back. And, and freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame. We don't get enough freeze frames in movies anymore. No. Nope. Who Here do we talk to about that? We always appreciate a good freeze yeah. frame. I gotta contact Kevin Smith. Maybe he'll do one. I feel like. Maybe. I feel like Kevin Smith would be like, yeah, you know, maybe we don't have enough freeze frames. Let's let's get on that. <laughs> uh, and that's Masters of the Universe. We kind of burned burned through the last uh, the last act of that movie, but there's really not much yeah. of any importance that we missed. Um, you know, it's kind of your standard standard bullshit, really. Yeah. This movie's weird. It's just, I mean, I I know a lot of decisions were made based on budget. But it is weird to have a He-Man movie that is just so reliant on laser guns. Yeah, I, I think in my notes I wrote how I would make this movie better is to just really eliminate the laser gun fights. You have entirely too many, mm-hmm. for sure entirely too many. Yeah, I think you have like five or six. That's yeah. a lot. That's too many. You you can have maybe two, three most. Uh, and I would just have He-Man actually be He-Man. You know, right. it's it, it would have been better to have this as more of an origin story, I think. I think where, so. Right. You, you have him as he's Prince Adam of Eternia. He doesn't know he's He-Man until he gets the power sword. And then you you build up the you build up the hatred between he and Skeletor instead of it just being like, you know, the story, kids. Here it is. He-Man versus Skeletor. And it's like, well, yeah, we know it, but. How did it get there? It would have been cool to see in a cinematic uh, medium how that works. So I, I think if you if you would, I, I think they're redoing Masters of the Universe. I believe they are. Right. So I don't know how they plan on doing it, but I, I would hope, because I'm sure they're going to try to do an expanded universe, because that's what everybody does this, uh, you know, nowadays. So I'm assuming they'll try to do their Masters of the Universe universe. And I would imagine they should do it with the origin story mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, that, yeah that's essentially um just throwing you into it um starts this movie off on a on a bad foot um you know it's it, it there's no they it, it's it's the old adage uh you know tell you know show don't tell you know in terms of things and throughout the entire first act of the movie or most of it they're telling you everything like, oh, you know, I'm doing this for this, and this is why I did that. And I hate He-Man because he's this. And, you know, instead of just having those moments, like, showing him be strong, you know, or showing why, you know. So maybe if you do start out a little slower, and it might also be because we're spoiled with how good the MCU did, you know, origins of these superheroes, that you might have, if you start this story out a little slower, um, maybe you build and the big moments feel bigger and better. Um, also get some better actors for some parts, um, for sure. But um, I think you got to start with the the foundation of 
you have to get people invested um, with some kind of hook in there. And if it's maybe maybe Prince Adam's a reluctant, you know, He-Man. I don't know if that's the title of a person or right. that's I, just I what he just calls his, himself. Yeah, you know? he becomes He-Man. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, maybe he's a reluctant one, you know, when and the Sorceress has to... And that's how him and Skeletor come to odds because, you know, he accepts his power because he's got to defeat self, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. you know, so, sort of thing, rather than just making him full-blown He-Man. So I'm reading, I don't know if this is true or not, that supposedly the movie follows the mythos of the original He-Man mini-comic more than the animated show, where He-Man is not secretly Prince Adam. So I guess he's just He-Man. So I didn't, I don't know if that's true or not. I'd have to dig down because I only know of the cartoon right but i've never heard of uh, as far as i know it's always been he-man and prince adam they're one and the same but if if that's the case then i still don't give this movie a pass it's pretty it's done pretty terribly yeah, i'd rather the, have that secret identity almost mm-hmm. and from what i heard of the of the she-ra cartoon which i hear is really good um the they go with the secret identity thing in there as well um rather than just being she-ra Okay. You know, so Which is fine. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. So yeah, they like I said, I think a lot of our ideals talking about this, and I don't know what Ant's thoughts on are, are on this, but um, I think we've just been spoiled with the way Marvel has handled uh, the MCU since since Iron Man. True. So. Yeah. I I mean my I would agree that I think an, a more of an origin story would work. I think if you're going to not do that, I think you could kind of do maybe the opposite of what they do. So they have He-Man going to Earth here. I think you can make the story in reverse and have maybe Julie or and Julie and Kevin going to Eternia um, accidentally. Yeah. Like they accidentally set off the the uh, the cosmic key and they wind up in Eternia. So they they wind up in the middle of this ongoing battle between he-man and skeletor um i one of the like as mentioned in the imdb trivia that we already mentioned that because of budget reasons they brought um they brought it into present day at the time which was 1987 california um but they spend they must have spent a decent amount of money on the soundtrack because there was there they've got Jimi hendrix purple haze as well as dear mr fantasy um, so they spent a good amount of money on stuff that they wouldn't have had to if they just kept this as a, you know, a fantasy period piece of sorts. I mean, we saw with uh, Sorceress, yeah. I mean, which was a much lower budget movie than this was, that they were able to, you know, for for what that movie was, they were able to accomplish that sort of that sort of similar setting that would uh, pass for Eternia. Um, That's so, true. I, Obviously, that was a low-budget movie, and you know they're basically in the f- in fields for most of the time. But um, you really don't have to do much more than that. I, I, I it feels like it just wound up turning this into a, an other cheap knockoff of this of a Star Wars movie with all the laser guns. Like the mm-hmm. annoyed the shit out of me just yeah. hearing all the lasers. Just I mean, there's nothing more annoying than a gunfight in general. Right to me, and then just to have them all just laser sound effects was just abysmal. Um, but yeah, I think I think a, a standard um, 
origin story would have worked here. But again, as I said, doing the reversal, what they did here, bringing uh, Americans from the 80s to Eternia would have worked better. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go, too. You know, the uh, maybe Orko, not Orko, uh, Grindel, Gwyn, Grindel, right? Grindel, Grindel, whatever. Orko, I'm going to go with Gwildor. Gwildor. Uh, have Gwildor send the magic key back to Earth and kind of like one of the, looking for the diamond in the rough to help save Eternia mm-hmm. kind of storyline where it's Kevin and Courtney Cox. I forget her name. I don't really care. Uh, Julie. Julie. So have them come to Eternia by accident, but it turns out it's fate. You know, they're here to, they somehow help He-Man. Maybe they rescue He-Man from Skeletor's clutches and then he goes and recruits Man at Arms and Tila. And it would have been cool to have like Battle Cat there. You know, his trusty mount. I don't know if you guys remember Battle Cat. Nope. It's essentially his pet slave. (laughs) That's really what it is. Check it out. The the cat is like super nervous when he's just the regular cat. And then when he becomes Battle Cat, he's kind of like forced to fight. But anyway, uh, yeah, it would have been cool to have a couple of other characters in it from the He-Man universe. But yeah, I I think either way you have the, the origin story or you have it where the Earthlings come to Eternia. Uh, is there, uh, any last, any last words on, uh, on Masters of the Universe? Is, would, I think it would be too cheesy to say this movie does not have the power, but <laughs> how else do you end it, right? That This movie does not have the power. This movie was not a great journey. No. Oh, yeah. great journey. I don't know what that is. That's like a, <laughs> they do like a, almost like a, a Kung Fu, uh, yeah. hand signal, right? Yeah. Mark, any last <laughs> thoughts? No, and just thinking about that great journey thing, I, I love the, you can tell that the writer had that explanation for it and thought it was just gold, <laughs> you know, so he's like, oh, let's have this whole special hand thing and it's like, have him do it throughout the whole movie and then we'll explain it at the end and it'll be like this big philosophical thing um, and it just, it just falls flat. Yeah. Uh, you guys got any pluggables? Uh, you know, just the same old, you can visit my... Twitter, Diaquino122. Uh, I have an Instagram, but it's not really fun. So that's about it, Mark. Yeah, yeah. So Stranger Damies, as usual. Um, we just aired um, the first uh, episode from our latest session, um, which has a better camera angle on me, so you're not looking at the side of my face for an entire uh, <laughs> hour uh, on the YouTube video. Uh, but we're finally getting into some backstory on um, one of the characters uh, that um, you may be excited to learn things about, um, depending on uh, what your allegiances are. So be sure to tune into that. That released yesterday. So you can find it on the um where that stuff is housed, um, where all this is housed pretty easily. You can um, go from one to the other on there. Um, if you don't want to download all of our feeds or anything, but we'd love you if you did that. Um, but yeah, yeah, and looking forward to you know the little tweaks and things that I do as I learn editing a little bit more um, on Premiere. Um, I had a surprise for everyone on the video. Yes, good um, job. Today. With that. The layout yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, we just uh, gotta get, uh, and this is just as we grow. You know, once we get a little better video quality or maybe uh, better file size or whatever, so that I think it only pulls out at 480 instead of 720. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a limitation of our cameras or I'm doing something wrong in Premiere. 
Um, but yeah, I just want that to be a little crisper because that lets the the photos and stuff that I put on there come through a little clearer. But um, we'll get there. You know, you're going through the growing pains with us now. And we're happy that you're with us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are They Called Us a Movie. You can find us at uh, theycalledusamovie.podbean.com and on any podcast streaming app. That includes, for the first time I can say, we are now on Spotify. So yeah. you can uh, find us on Spotify and I'm pretty sure you could basically find us just about anywhere you could you could stream podcasts at this point. Um, that includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, the aforementioned uh, St- uh, Spotify. Um, we are the mainDamy.com, and if you want to find more from us, you want to see our our social media posts, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the mainDamy. We post kind of updates of when the next what the next movie is going to be or we'll maybe ask some questions and all that kind of good stuff um if you have any questions or if you have a movie that you think that we should be aware of that would fit right in with kind of uh what we're doing here you could uh, email us at the main at gmail.com another place you could uh, listen to this if you're listening to us on our podcast stream you can also find us on the geek vibes nation podcast stream a uh, bunch of great people that put together a bunch of different shows for a bunch of different uh, interests. I know they're uh, deep into the new Amazon Prime show, The Boys. I think they got their own podcast for that. They're doing basketball podcasts. They're doing uh, comics. Everything that you could think of, they've been they've got a show for you, and you'll find us there too. Um, so as like an added bonus, you could listen to us as well as a bunch of other great stuff. Um, they're at Geek Vibes Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, and also, they are their main website is gvnation.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you if you would like, please uh, like, share, subscribe, leave us a five star review on iTunes. That's always helpful. And tell um, your friends about us. And yeah, tell word of mouth. Friend. Word One of mouth friend. always helps out. If you like what you're, you hear, you know, you know, kind of give us a shout out to someone that you know that think that you think might like this too. Uh, this has been our Masters of the Universe episode. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is this is Anthony Delvecchio telling director of Masters of the Universe Gary Goddard to go fuck himself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.